with the and the people said, "What's this all about?" <laughs> you can use that, John. <laughs> okay, are you ready? We've been talking about the faith of God, ground for believing. This is week seven in this. I have ten weeks of this lined up, so we have three more weeks after this. But we've been talking about the same faith that Jesus has because it is the faith of Jesus that's given. Jesus is God. It's the faith of God, the faith of Jesus, not a measure, the measure. And it's important for you to understand that. It is a game changer when we get the concept we have the measure. Now, sometimes we don't think we have it. We think somebody else has got it or somebody bumped God's arm and jiggled it when he was trying to give us the measure. Or if you were like me, I got the eyedropper full. Somebody else got the big cup full. That's not what it says. If you are a born-again believer, you got the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3 says, I say through grace given unto me, every man that is among you not think of himself more highly than he ought, but think soberly according to God has dealt every man the measure of faith. That's King James. If you have a different version than that, it'll say a measure. But we took this from the King James because we usually get our translations, they just pop off of the King James because a lot of us don't like the these and the thous. But in the, in the original transcript, it says the measure. So that's why we were looking at this. There's only one measure, and it is the measure. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh... In the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not faith in. It's okay to have faith in Jesus. We get that. But we also have the faith of the Son of God. So that's, good. that's a supernatural faith that's in your spirit. It's important. This has been life-changing for Kim and I. It's been, I mean, I, if I could go back years ago and preach it different, I would. Because it is like something I, you know, I've learned, and I'm like, that's amazing. It is a game-changer. Now, whether that faith or that part of it gets out of your, remember we're a three-part being, we're, you know, body, soul, and spirit, and our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, whether that faith in your spirit, that's where it's put, gets out your, your mind, your will, and your emotions and manifests itself in the physical body, that's something that we're working on because we, we have issues with our own self on what we think and how we believe. What we think is true or what we, mm, I don't know, our own opinion, so to speak. So that is a second or a separate thing. But knowing that we have the faith, the measure. Now, if I can get that in you, that's 90% of the battle. I've got the faith. I've got it. Because people say, no, I don't have any faith. If you're born again, you have the measure. Remember we talked about a... Uh, a bodybuilder, I gave you an example of a bodybuilder. He's got all these muscles, and he, you know, and everybody here has got those same muscles. His might be bigger. It's not that faith is bigger. It's our understanding. He works those muscles to make those grow. Our understanding grows of the faith that you have. I always thought that mine wasn't good enough. It wasn't enough. I didn't have enough. Mine wasn't pure enough. You know, because I'm always thinking about I just haven't done everything right. But if I understand that God's faith is in me, it's not mine. He's not drawing. It's mine because he gave it to me to use. But it is his. It changes everything. Now, if you're like me, I'm still trying to figure all this out. I am not perfect. 
<clears throat> I've still got things I'm learning. But we need to know how it works. So we started talking about laws. So I'm kind of catching this all back up. How it operates. If I told you you had a million dollars hidden in the walls of your house somewhere, and that would be, you know, I told you it's a fact. It's there. And all you had as a tool would be a hammer. You would probably be like, the tool man, Taylor, you'd be pounding holes in your wall. Find them. I got to find it. You'd have holes everywhere. It might take you a while, but you're like, if there's a million dollars, I will find it. You'll find it. Now, if you had all kinds of tools and maybe the knowledge of how to use them, or maybe even a construction team of somebody that could be like, you do not have to destroy your house. You could do it much quicker. So that's how it is in the spirit realm. We kind of take everything in the natural realm and we put everything through our physical, I have to do it, I have to do it. It has to, me, me, me. And that's not how God's operating. This is God has already done it. You can rest if you know it's already done. Now, just the other day, my wife was going downstairs, and she was downstairs in our house, and she said, I'm going to go down and lock the door. And I, I said, I, I think I already did that. I mean, I, I looked at it, it was already locked. I don't remember if you went on down, so that'll kind of kill my story. So hopefully you didn't, but see, okay, good. So <laughs> she, I told her that, and she went, okay, because I already did it. She didn't have to go down and check it because I told her, it's already locked. She could rest and be like, no need for me to go down. He's already been there. We need to apply those kind of ideas and principles that if God has already done it, there's no need for us to try to do something or beg something that God has already done. That hopefully will motivate you a little bit to say, okay, God, what do you want? If we have the faith of Jesus, God, if you could help me use it, show me what I need to know so I can understand it, so I can use it. I've seen the power of God do all kinds of things. For real. I mean, stuff that it, it had to be God. I've seen legs snap into place. I've seen blind eyes that were glazed over that were completely blind open. I've seen ears open. I, I saw... Well, I was there, and God used me to pray for a guy. His, his eardrum had ruptured, and I don't even know if what all was even there, but for since the war, he had a grenade blow off by his ear. He hasn't been able to hear out of it for years, and I was preaching in a service, and he was there, and kind of like what happened tonight, I said he's wanting to heal somebody's left ear, and this guy, he was a big man, like 6'5", and he just, and he was... You know, just kind of like, he's like one of those guys that's like, you would rather have him with you than against you, you know, and uh, he came up, said he wanted prayer, and so I prayed over his ear, and to make a long story short, he got all of his hearing back in his ear. His wife just began to weep and cry, and, and he looked at me like, what did you do? And this is, this is, you know, and I'm not saying I understood back then. I'm not even saying I understand everything now. I'm trying. But I really didn't do anything except pray. You understand what I'm saying? If your battery's dead and this battery's alive and there's a cable that goes between the live and the dead, the cable is just the thing carrying the current. The electricity in this house 
is on because Tom and his team came in and went click, 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 click and hit the switches. If he didn't hit the switches, although the power is here, we'd be sitting in the dark. You see, our responsibility, hit switch. Be the cable. The other part is done. It's helped me to know that faith is governed by laws. If something isn't working, it's never on God's end. It's on mine. I don't play the blame game with God because it keeps my relationship with him good. Because we can always try to blame somebody else, and we've lived most of our lives with trying to do that to some extent. If I don't see the result I wanted, we just sang it. Even if I don't feel it, you're working. Even if I don't see it, you're working. Any of those, as long as we are seeing and feeling, we think then it's working. What if you're not? Does it mean it's not working? Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Nothing changed on the outside. 24 hours later, the thing is dead. The disciples, the Bible says they heard him say it. They come back the next day, leaving the town and said, Master, this tree that you spoke to. Because as soon as he spoke it, things were happening. You couldn't see what was happening underneath into the root system, but it was happening. Only good things come from God. There are people that are listening to my voice, and maybe you're here today, and that you too highly of yourself. I've heard other people say that they are never wrong. You ever heard anybody say that? They thought they were wrong once, but they were mistaken. <laughs> they were never wrong. But that's a crazy statement. That statement alone is full of pride. Down deep, there's truth that they, they just don't want to get to the truth. They hold themselves too high. The issue is already in their mouth. You really won't find the beginning of God until you come to the end of you. Did you hear that? You won't find the beginning of God until you are finally saying, God, seek first the kingdom. See, sometimes we just can't accept that we blew it. We just didn't do it right. And when we won't accept our accountability in some things, that helps stop the power of God from flowing. We have to humble ourselves. James 4 and 1 Peter 5 both talk about the proud. Different places, but they both confirm the same thing. It says that God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. It's no secret that the world doesn't revolve around each of us. <laughs> Some of us think that it's required to, doesn't it? When we were a little baby growing up, a baby will change your household. All the mothers say, Woo. because all you know, the baby he can't clean himself, he can't feed himself, he can't do anything. He or she, you have to take care of them their entire beginning stages of life until you teach them this is what you do. I mean, my son, if he's watching, I don't know if he's watching now, probably not. He's playing at Pastor's Church, but I remember he had a diaper and it was time to get him potty trained. Hallelujah. He walked out to me and came. All he wore most of the time were cowboy boots on the wrong feet. You could take them off, put them on the right feet, and the next time you'd see him, be like that, and a diaper. And the boy was always attached to my hip. And that's really cool. I love that. But this particular day, he comes up and he goes, hey, Dad. I said, yeah. And he goes, 
I need my diaper changed. I'm like, Kim! Boy needs changed. <laughs> but if, if we think that the world revolves around us, we're going to live a disappointed life. And we'll live also without the power of God moving through our life. Anointing operates through humility. God's not going to share his glory with anybody. If you take credit where it belongs to God and you think you're all that in a bag of chips, it's probably not going to work out too well for you. See, that's an insulator to the power of God. It will stop the flow from working. We talked about the woman in Mark 5. Remember that? The, the woman that had the issue of blood that had to come up behind Jesus. And, and uh, we talked about the laws that were working. We said, number one, that she heard. Remember? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans 10, 17. She acted on her faith. James 2, 20. Faith without works is dead. She said, if I can touch his robe. Now, we, we also understand because she was... So sick, she was not supposed to be in town. She was not supposed to be in the crowd. She had to yell unclean. And so that people, that was the law. Because that way people could see her and just kind of stay away. So she could have literally been stoned to death just for doing what she did. But the Bible says that we have to sometimes take the kingdom by force. The violent take it by force. Do you really want what you believe God put in your heart? You might have to fight for it. But we see humility. She had to crawl her way to get to the hem of his garment on her hands and knees. Just that position alone is a humble position. Now, I put this, I put a big arrow with this, so I'm going to say this. So if you're taking notes, this is a good one. The devil can't do anything to you without your consent or cooperation. The devil can't do anything to you without your consent or cooperation. My wife said last week, and I don't know if you caught it, you know, you've maybe have heard me, been here long enough, you've heard me sing the champion, that song Carmen did with God and the devil. And you got to understand, though, this is never an even match. This isn't like the devil and, and Jesus facing off, and it's, wow, I don't know. Whew, it's going to be close. Not even close. The, the reason that this had to happen, Jesus had to let it happen. Well, that went over well. The devil's not close to being powerful as God. You, you need to understand that. But there are, there are things that had to be fulfilled. He had to die in your place, in our place. He had to take all of that sin, all of that disease. It doesn't matter now, back then, today, tomorrow, whatever other garbage they come up with that's a variation of COVID-19. Jesus paid for it all. Every bit of it. But we cooperate. Some of it's by being self-centered. It's all about me. Putting ourselves in front of God. And that really becomes idolatry. Some people don't listen. No matter what God says. They say they want to do what God says, but they don't. They do what they want to do. It's okay if God says something as long as it's okay with them. How many understand that? Again, faith flows through humility. John 5, how can you believe you receive honor from one another? Do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Quit trying to get man's approval. Go after God with a humble heart. This woman said what was going to happen, and that was the third law we discovered. Faith is voice activated. Faith comes by hearing. 
Faith is voice activated. It must be spoken to be heard. You have to speak your faith. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It says death and life, not one or the other. Death and life. The words can be used for life or for death. It does, it's not just applying to one or the other. It's death and life or in, the, in your mouth. Some people think it doesn't apply, and they basically curse themselves into sickness, curse themselves into chaos. Well, it's flu season, they say. Everybody's going to get the flu. i got to get my flu shot because I'll just get it just as sure as I'm standing there. You think? That's what you're speaking. People are like, Brett, that doesn't matter. According to that, it does. Somebody asks you how you're doing, and your response is terrible. I feel like I'm dying, and the doctor has given me two months to live. And then somebody says, you shouldn't say that. All I'm saying is the truth. I'm not going to live in denial. I've had people tell me that. Did you know denial is the river in the Egypt? Listen to what I'm saying. I don't want you to be an ostrich and bury your head in the sand. I don't want you to, to not live in reality. I get what reality is. I get that. There is natural truth. There may be things going on in your natural body. I get it. There may be things that happen. I was proof of that last week. But there's also spiritual truth. Spiritual truth will trump natural truth. Spiritual troop to troop. Spiritual truth will win over natural truth. It will overcome natural truth if you speak it and believe it to be so. But it has to be spoken. Faith is voice activated, it's a law. Thinking loudly won't do it. If I told Kim every day or didn't tell her, and she said, you know, Britt, darling, you never tell me you love me anymore. And I say, but baby, I think it all the time. Thinking doesn't really help, does it? I mean, it's nice that I'd think that, but if I never told her that, she needs to hear that. You need to tell your children how important they are, how valuable they are, how important they are to God, the plans that he has for them. I, I, I can't even say this enough. To not, I'm just saying, my wife is amazing. And, I, and again, you hear me say that all the time. But listen, for every day of their life when they lived at home, every day of their life, she would scratch their back and tell them Psalm 92, 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and my salvation. She would tell that to them. And then she would look at them and she would say, you're going to do great things for God. Don't you forget it. Every day of their life. That's important. And if she was gone... I tried to pick up the baton, and I'd go in, and Maddie's right there, and I'd try to scratch her back. I'd say, the righteous, mom doesn't scratch it that way. So I would scratch it this way. Mom doesn't scratch it that way. How does mom scratch your back? I don't know. She just does. 
in my mind, I'm like, okay. <laughs> we have to start speaking the word of God, the truth. So many people don't speak the truth, the word. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Remember Jesus and Lazarus? They were friends. Remember them? He and Jesus, they, they hung out. They, he had been to his house. That's where Mary and Martha, remember, one was fixing everything, the other's at his feet and saying, you know, I, and Jesus said, well, she picked the right one because I'm not always going to be here. And, and, you know, we can do all this other stuff later. And so he was at, the, at their house, and then he got a message from UCS, United Camel Service. I'm just trying to help you. So he gets this message, and the message was Lazarus was sick. And he answered and said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And so I didn't see this before, but I see it now. What's he doing? He's doing the same thing the woman with the issue of blood. He's releasing his faith right now. Are you looking at it? It's what he's saying. He's saying, because, listen, he's in hum- he is God in the flesh The laws work the same. So he says, it's not unto death. Because faith is voice activated. So he spoke life to the situation. He waits two more days. And then Lazarus died four days. By the time he got there, four days had gone by. They put him in a tomb above ground. He told his disciples that he needed to wake Lazarus up. Now, Jesus meant wake him up from the dead. The disciples thought he meant he's sleeping. We give the disciples a hard time, but, you know, sometimes you're like, come on. But anyway, so they reasoned, if he's asleep and he's been sick, this is good because he'll replenish, he'll rest, and that's that's going through their mind. Jesus says, basically, they're not getting it, so he tells them, He just goes ahead and speaks it right out. He's dead. Lazarus is dead. But I'm glad now that you can see and believe. Now, that's my paraphrase. Because believing isn't, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you something. And I'm glad you're able to see it. So, but he had to operate under the same laws that you and I are learning right now. Death and life are in the power of his tongue. He didn't want to speak death. He wanted to speak life. If you say death or dead, the average person says it's final, it's done, it's over. I mean, I know, I don't know them personally, but I've heard stories and they're documented. Somebody had been dead and had been put in the morgue with the toe tag on pushed into the stall for hours. He'd already been examined. They already said, he's dead. Now he's got a tote. He's naked, shoved in a cooler. But he, somebody believed, used these laws we're talking about. Now, to me, in my mind, that kind of freaks me out. I'd hate to wake up inside a morgue cooler, especially naked. With a toe tag. <laughs> Hi. Woo-hoo. Not a good experience. But the, the kid is still alive to this day. They can prove it all. 
You see, when we say dead in our society, it's just there's no more hope. It's done. It's over. There's nothing else you can do. Jesus didn't want to produce that and have to deal with that, so he speaks life. Because you know everybody's got an opinion, don't they? Sixth chapter of Mark, Jesus could do mighty. He, remember when, this is Jesus. This is God. He can't do many mighty works. That's what the Bible says. No mighty works because of why. It says their unbelief. It doesn't say his. It says their unbelief. Other unbelief can dilute or can hinder what you're doing. And that's another law. Now, there's going to be situations where you can't get unbelief out. I get it because you can't make everybody. But in any time that you can, I'd get rid of it. Remember when J. Iris' daughter died before Jesus even got there? They, he said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Again, think about this. Activate, faith activated. People are like, they laughed at him. The Bible says that he put all of them out. In other words, I got something else to deal with, and you ain't one of them. Letting unbelief stay when you have the power to remove it can hinder what needs to be done. If it's in a situation where you can't get rid of it all, and there's going to be people there, doesn't matter. God's bigger than that. But if you have the power, and he has put that in there and impresses on you to do it, put them out. The fourth law, get rid of unbelief. If it's in your power to do so. It says he could do no mighty works. He laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. It says he could do no mighty works. Not that he wouldn't or that he didn't want to. It says he couldn't. Because of their unbelief. I believe that Jesus didn't tell his disciples plainly about Lazarus. Because they would have responded the way we would have all responded. In unbelief, he's been dead for four days. He had to put up with it anyway. Move the stone away. What? But Lord, he's been in there four days. He stinketh. King James. Um, but Jesus didn't want to have to go through that. So he had to clarify it so they would understand his meaning, or his meaning, so he didn't just say Lazarus is dead, period. He says he's dead, but I go that I may awaken him. But, turn to your neighbor and say but. I'm not telling you it's not okay to, it's okay if you have a problem. It's okay if you, you know, I'm dealing with a cough or I'm, you know, I get that. Now, whether you want to give voice to that or not, that's up to you. But how you say it or what you say, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying refuse that you have. I've talked to people that their arm is in a cast. Their arm is in a sling. How's your arm? And it's obviously broke. It's in a cast. It's fine. Works great. It's in a cast. Some of that is just, again, it, it almost seems like it's just spiritual denial, whatever. I understand speaking life. I also understand, you know, you also have to be grounded enough to be able to help people without them going, okay, you have lost a couple marbles. The Bible isn't telling us to be in denial of physical truth. It's overcoming physical truth with greater spiritual truth. 
So whatever you're going, then come over with what's God saying about it. We know what man says. We know what you feel. What does God say? What is your but that God says? Don't magnify your problem. Let's, let's magnify the promise. Talk more about the answer in the spiritual than the problem in the natural. That's what Jesus was doing. Lazarus is asleep. To God, that's the same as being dead. Death, sleep. When we leave this life, we'll close our eyes here. We open them with him. So he's not inaccurate in what he's saying. He's just saying, if I, I don't want to have to deal with the negatives. I want them to see what I'm talking about. Because people think death is final. We've prayed. I, I believe in our ministry we're going to see this kind of miracle. We've seen it uh, different things in different extents. We've seen it in animals that, you know, that we had as pets or whatever. Prayed for a, gold, a goldfish. Dead. Laying across the little house in the water. No movement. None of that. Just dead. It was really upsetting to somebody in the front row. And just what she says, Daddy, would you pray? What was your goldfish's name? Car How could I ever forget? We took Carlo on vacation, sloshing Carlo around in a bowl wherever we went. We're like, Maddie, leave the fish. He's lonely. He's a goldfish, Maddie. Carlo had bit the dust in the big old fish farm in heaven, and he was just dead. So she said, Daddy, would you pray over Carlo? I said, and Kim's looking at me and looking at Maddie and looks at me like, you know what's going through my mind? What? It's a goldfish. You can buy 75 of them for a nickel. But it wasn't Carlo. I already, you know, I was going to try the swap thing. You know, you. They all look alike. Let's just get another one. But she probably would know. That's not Carlo. <laughs> so anyway, I prayed over the fish. Doggone if that fish didn't come back to life. This is a true story. Next thing we come back in the room, Carlo's swimming around. Hey. <laughs> Maddie's like, Daddy, you did it. I'm thinking, I did nothing. <laughs> Carlo was fine. I don't know how long he went on to live. But I'm like, if this works for goldfish... Wow. <laughs> it's not wrong to acknowledge if you have a problem. Just acknowledge that you counter it with your faith and overcome that problem with your faith confession. The problem shouldn't be the, the king top of that. You know when you used to want to pick teams? And then whoever got the top, well, that's it. Always make God the top. Matter of fact, then pretty soon you're going to be like, I'm not even giving voice to some of this garbage. I'm just going to give God credit. You're not feeling what? No matter how I'm feeling, God's got this. By his stripes, the Bible says I was healed. Not I am, I was. It's already happened. I do not have to beg God for something he's already done. 
What I have to do is get my understanding to go, I can receive what he's already done. If my kids come to my house and they're hungry, there's already food in the refrigerator. They don't have to go and go, oh, can I have, can I have some food? All they have to do is open the refrigerator and get it. It's already purchased. Depends on where you put your butt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just keep moving. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm like, ooh, that would be funny. I could say, but I'm not going to. If you say the Bible says I'm healed, but here's what I feel and here's what the doctor says. <clears throat> so you're not focusing on what God says, but more about what you feel and what the doctor says. But if you say I have an issue in the natural, you might, somebody says, oh, I just don't like how, you just don't look. My mom used to say this. And mama, if you're watching, she would say, and mamas do this. This is, I don't like, you look funny in your eyes. Your eyes don't look right. <laughs> what, you know, but she would just, and you know, I, you, need to, you, you, need to, you need to sit down, you need to take it easy. My mom, her solve of everything, any kind of cut or anything, was either a shot at the doctor in, in my gluteus maximus, or if I had a cut, every answer was, you need methylate. You know, they, they generate that stuff in hell. That is spit from the devil. They bottle it. You can go buy it. I hated that stuff. But anyway recognize what God has done. Give God. Well, if somebody says, well, I don't know, you just, you, you don't sound good, or you don't, and they don't mean that bad. And you can say, you know what, I may not sound great, but thank God, I'm in a, I, I got a heavenly commitment from my Father. Because by His stripes, I was healed. Every sickness in my body dies instantly. Every virus, anything touches my body that's not of God is gone, dead, over. I'm going to have all the energy I need. I'm going to live so far along, it's going to be amazing. God's got my life, and I've given it to him. Let your butt be one of God in spiritual truth. I have people tell me, I know he wants to heal me, but I just don't have any power. What's wrong? You just said it. You do have power. He gave it to you. You have authority. You have the measure of faith. But you're giving doubt and unbelief life and power from your own mouth. Remember, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Start speaking words of faith. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I was healed. However you want to say that, it's done. Doesn't matter how you feel or don't feel, that's the issue. It isn't based on the natural. I called Kim a month and a half or so ago. I was out working at our property. We burned wood. I have an insert in our great room. And I, I got a wa uh, it's a wagon. What are we? John, what's that called? Where's John Schmidt? So, you know, you pull it behind the four wheeler, whatever. That's a wagon, right? Trailer. trailer. Okay, trailer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Yeah, yeah. George is my friend. Anyway, I got a trailer, and I pull it out from behind my barn, and I'm pulling it over, and I went to pick it up to put it on the four-wheeler, and I felt my back go, like kind of like weird, funny inside. I was like, oh, oh. 
Then I started doing that Walter Brennan walk. I called Kim, and I said, I need you to pray. She's like, okay, what's going on? I said, I just, I don't know. I think I just wrenched my back. I was trying to put the trailer on the quad, and I got to get this stuff done. Man, here you go. Dynamite comes in small packages. She just, I mean, I just put it on speaker, and I could, you know, she's just like, you just tell the devil, you Tell him, you can get off your mind. You can start telling your back, you come in the line. I call you right now, every muscle, every fiber, every, I mean, she just, and then I said, I believe it. And I'm saying yes and amen to all that. And we get all that done. And she says, she goes, you go ahead, baby. You go ahead and do it. You go ahead and do all the work you were going to do. You'll be able to do it. And I mean, inside my back is saying, I don't think you can. <laughs> but my faith is saying, I can and I will. And that's exactly what I did. I started, now listen to what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, and this is a true example. It still hurt. I still felt like I was like this. I hung up the phone with her, and this is what I said. Now listen, she's my wife, and she has authority to speak into my life. That's true. But when it comes down to those kind of things as well, you better take care and charge over your life. So I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I agree with what she said. I will get this done in the name of Jesus. And I started standing up in that first couple steps. It was like, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, you might say, that is stupid. You say what you want, but I finished that whole day. And I stood up straight to do it, and everything went away. That doesn't normally happen. And I took pictures, and I sent it to her. I had that whole wagon trailer full of wood. And I sent it to her, and I, you know, I split it all and stacked it that day. Why? I didn't have to beg God to do that. I want to say that one more time. I didn't have to beg God to do that. He already told me I could do that. What I had to do was exercise my faith. I had to hear it. I had to put action with it. It had to be voice activated. And I put it to work. And I finished the day. You see, because let me just say this to you. When you are a child of God and you're using the word of God, it is a legal matter. It's already been decided. It's just as if the judge already heard the case and he went in in your favor. God is the judge. Boom. I've given you authority to cast out demons. You can, sickness, disease, doesn't have any place in your body. It's been decided. So you have to agree with God no matter what your natural body is telling you. But if you say out of your mouth the spiritual, your natural starts lining up with the spiritual. Remember we talked about the valve and the pipeline? We talked about faith. We are body, soul, and spirit, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And our spirit is what is connected with God. Our spirit is 100%. I'm... You and I, if you have the Spirit of God and you're one-third Holy Ghost. Now, getting that, whatever you need, through your mind, your will, and your emotions from your spirit, that's when, when you believe that and you start putting these laws, it affects your body. Did you catch what I'm telling you? It starts manifesting in the physical then because now your spiritual is overturning your natural. Don't deny 
that, well, this is hopeless. There's no, with God, all things are possible to him who believes. No matter what my body is feeling, I got the same power in me that was in Jesus. So that's what I'm going to speak. That resurrecting power we're about to have Easter in about five weeks, that I have that in me and you have it in you. What do you do with it? You start activating it. You start believing it. I know the doctors say what they have. Do you understand they say things because they're legally bound to say things? And they have to. And, and I thank God for doctors. I'm not saying never go to a doctor or, or never have any medicine. That's not what I'm saying, so I don't want you to misunderstand me. You just need to follow God. The woman said what she wanted. In 11.23, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Most people say what they have instead of having what they say. You hear that? They say what they have instead of having what they say, and there's a difference. So if the doctor gives you a bad report, counter it with a bigger truth. If I can have what I say, then I'm going to say what the Bible says. By his stripes, I'm healed completely. By his stripes, this will no longer plague me. By his stripes, if i got to put my faith and walk through that, I'll do whatever I have to do. Help me, somebody. Use your words and speak life. Most don't. 1821 of Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. doesn't say death and life and a bunch of other junk that's neither good nor bad. Every word we speak is life or death. It's not a combination of the two. There aren't words that count and words that don't. Depends on what you speak, which side they go on. Well, that would also mean that every word you hear, what do you do with it? What are you going to do with that? We have a generation that's woke that we live in today. Most of what we hear is death-related or negative, negative, negative. Have you ever found the weatherman to be wrong? I mean, they don't mean to be wrong, but sometimes they are. But they never come. They say everything as if it's 100% true. But they never come back if the weather's wrong and say, you know what, I really blew it. I'm so sorry. They just go to the next day's prediction and they say that as if it is absolute truth. And if, if you think that, now we all think, well, we, we do look at the weather, and, and a lot of times they're, they're pretty accurate. But we've seen them to be wrong, and we get that. <laughs> but if you, if you want to go to something worse, look at the news. So many are one-sided, and they have an agenda. They're always saying the negative. They're stating uh, stuff that's bad. Very rarely do we see as much good or positive. There's always a spin on it. It seems like everything is, people are trying to get the world in a panic. There is manipulation and there is an agenda. You need to understand that. You have to watch what you watch. Sounds like an oxymoron, but what you allow, I mean, don't, don't, sometimes if it's all you watch is the news. Not a lot of good's coming out of that. You can't stick your head in the sand and not know anything. 
but ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Get some truth in there. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You got to keep your armor on. If all you hear is negative or all you hang around is people that don't want to follow God, it rubs off. It does matter who you hang with. Statistics say the five people that you're closest to, I mean, look at their life. That's where you're heading. You got to keep your armor on. I know people that have went to the the dark side. And they don't even know it because they're deceived. You know that's you know what's that's how deception works. It's a lie, but you don't know it's a lie because you're deceived. Line everything up with the book, the word of God. There's people that They'll, what they used to be completely against because the Bible was against, now it's a gray area because they are in so much hate over a certain individual that the rest doesn't matter. That's deception, my friend. Nobody in this world is perfect, but let's line up with the Word of God. There's a lot of things in life you have to, the saying used to be, eat the meat and throw away the bones. We are the salt of the earth. We can't really do any good unless we get out of the shaker. I'm almost finished. We are in this world, but we don't have to be part of it to that extent. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So if it, when words come in, you, if you ride with me and PK somewhere, we, we'll, we take trips together. We'll go to Amish country or whatever just to go and, you know, we'll listen to podcasts and whatever on the way down there and on the way back. And <clears throat> but if we're on to something, say we're listening to a radio station and something comes up that's contrary to the word of God, what do you do with that? If it's on your TV, there's a guy that talks real fast or somebody. could cause death. You're like, I mean, why would you even take this medication? I mean, please don't take this with your doctor because it'll kill you. <laughs> Man, I don't even know. But we just, this is what we'll speak out of our mouth because faith comes by hearing. Not coming to my house. I won't have it in my house. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. I condemn it, I judge it, I cast it down. You need to, when things come up, there's sometimes that you don't have to agree with something that somebody says all the time. You know, it is flu season, we're all gonna get it. Don't say stuff like, oh yeah. No, you just agreed with that. Sometimes it's best just to go, no, I don't agree with that. Or just don't say anything and just tell the Lord, I'm not in agreement, or just go, she'll say this sometimes, or it's not even a word, somebody will say something, she might go, hmm, Because that's not saying, you know, she's not being rude. But if they would push it, well, don't you think that? Then she would just say, no, I don't think that. But other times, anymore, she's just bold. She'll go, no, that, that's not what God says. So, no, we don't, we don't agree with that. Start saying the promise. Start saying whatever it is you're dealing with. Whatever the mountain is, speak more of what God says about it. 
You can speak to that mountain. Not, you don't have to tell God about it. God already knows about the mountain. He's telling you to talk to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. The giant's facing you. Cast that stuff. Words are weapons. Speak the opposite of what the enemy's speaking. What did Jesus say when the enemy came in? It is written. It is written. And we're to live by his example. I'm going to speak the word of God. It is written. Jesus said, by his stripes, I was healed. That's good enough for me. Bow your heads, close your eyes.